Welcome to the World History Podcast as today we talk about the Reformation. We have to realize that prior to the Reformation, most of Europe was Christian, and by Christian they generally meant Catholic. Because unless you were a follower of the Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox churches, you were a Roman Catholic. After the Reformation, you had many different Christian religions that were known as Protestants. How did this happen? That is what we will explore today, and it all begins with a Catholic monk named Martin Luther. Martin Luther was born in 1483 in Saxony, which is in what is now known as Germany, but at the time was a part of the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire was led by Charles V, but he was not in full control of what actually was a loose affiliation of nobles and princes who controlled different areas. Martin Luther was a devoted Catholic and a true believer. As he read the Bible and other Catholic writings, he realized he had some real questions about his faith. First, he believed that the Catholic Church was corrupt and the hierarchy was doing things that they shouldn't. Specifically, he had issues with the ideas of simony and indulgences. The church needed money, and these were two ways to help get it. Simony was the act of selling church offices. What this meant was that if you were a wealthy family, you could make your son a cardinal or a bishop with enough money. This meant that the church was both a religious and a political position. Indulgences were basically a way to pay for the forgiveness of sins, or as I like to call it, a get-out-of-hell-free card. Originally designed as a way to reward knights who fought in the Crusades, also a nice way to get someone to fight for you without having to pay for them, it suddenly was transformed by a priest named Tetzel into a way to raise money for the church. And why did the church need money? They were building a little church that would be called St. Peter's. Interesting enough was where Michelangelo would go on to paint a Sistine Chapel. So really, we can blame the entire Reformation on the Ninja Turtles. As I've said, Martin Luther did not approve of these decisions by the church. And so, on October 31st, 1517, he posted his disagreements, or his 95 Theses, on the door of the church in Wittenberg. This document outlined his issues and was hoping for a response. Now this may seem like a strange way to get your point across today, but at the time it was seen as an acceptable means. Now things moved a little bit slower at that time and so the church did not issue a rebuttal or a response to Martin Luther until June 15, 1520. And basically what it said was, Martin Luther, you were wrong and you need to change your views. He was invited to a diet at Worms, which sounds disgusting, but is actually just was the German term for meeting at the time, and Worms was a city. At the Diet of Worms, Luther and his band of followers were asked to please recant their beliefs, which meant to say, we didn't mean it and we were wrong, and to um, accept the decisions of the Catholic Church. With this, they would be allowed to rejoin the Catholic Church, or if not, they faced excommunication and likely death. Now it is important to recognize here that a lot of the actions that people take during the Reformation, 
is not solely based upon religious beliefs. Many of the people who will go on to help Martin Luther are doing so because they want to increase their own power or their own financial well-being. What I mean by this is, if you were a prince and your area was Catholic, that meant that the people in your area owed loyalty to both yourself and the Pope. If you could somehow take the Pope out of the equation, you could have all the loyalty and all that money to yourself. Martin Luther was saved from a likely demise by a local leader named Frederick the Wise. It's important to realize from this that Frederick the Wise and Martin Luther are not friends or do not become close buddies. And Frederick, in fact, stays Catholic all his life. But Frederick does give Martin Luther his protection, allowing Martin Luther to stay in one of his castles and to remain safe from the other Catholic leaders who would have had him killed. While Martin Luther was with Frederick, he did a very important thing, which is that he translated the Bible from Latin into German. One of his major beliefs is going to be the priesthood of all believers, meaning that everybody is in some way, all believers at least, are priests of God. And to be able to do this, they need to be able to read God's word, which for Martin Luther can only be found in the Bible. The advent of the printing press by Gutenberg allowed Martin Luther's ideas and eventually his Bible to spread throughout a lot of what it was the Holy Roman Empire. And because it was in German, now a lot of people could read it. What happened next is Luther's ideas gained popularity, both from religious reformers and from princes and wealthy people who found that they could do much better without the Catholic Church controlling so much of their lives and the lives of their people. Well, Martin Luther and his followers were invited to another meeting in Augsburg, which was known as the Diet of Augsburg. At this, at this meeting, which was presided over by Charles V, who was the Holy Roman Emperor, Martin Luther was again asked to recant his views and he would be brought back from excommunication and brought back into the church. Not surprisingly, Martin Luther refused and made what is now known as the Augsburg Confession, which was a reading of the central beliefs of this new religious group that Luther was leading. This is where it's interesting to take a look at Charles V, who was the most important political figure in this theater. Charles V was the Holy Roman Emperor, but it didn't mean quite as much as you might think. He controlled a lot of the area, but he was also nominally the head of a group of nobles and princes who looked to him for guidance, but really he did not have the same type of control that a king would. He realized that there was going to be a lot more fighting within this empire if he could not get something accomplished. So he, the other princes, and the Lutherans came up with what is known as the Peace of Augsburg, which sort of set the standard for many years for religious tolerance. 
the Peace of Augsburg was the first step to say you could worship your own religion. But it didn't quite say all that. Instead, what it said was the prince of the land could choose whether you would be Catholic or Lutheran. And all the people in that area would have to be that religion. So, while it did not make religious freedom for all, it is, as I said, that primary step. Now, you might think that this then means that there were no more religious issues. And we then went on to just have Catholicism and Lutheranism. Unfortunately, that is not what happened. And in the next set of our Reformation podcasts, we will look at the other religions that came about as well as the fighting, otherwise known as the wars of religion. Thank you again for listening to King Henry's podcast. Peace out, deuces.